So I wanted to share a few words about why our testimony is so powerful, number one, why we should be familiar with it, number two, uh, and, and how we use it to overcome and how we uh, use it to help others overcome. So, you know, everyone who is in Christ has this story of how Jesus came into their life. Amen. Um, it, it's a specific love story and it's it's unique to where they were at and how Christ met them in that place and, and how he did not leave them there. That's what's beautiful about our testimony. You know, it's not just a story. It is the reality of God's salvation in our lives. It's, it's beautiful. And, and so um, when we approach someone at church, I know it's real easy to just, you know, hey, how you doing, brother? God bless you. Use the Christianese, say all the right things and stuff like that. Um, but we never, we never realize or we never come to this realization that they each have a unique and beautiful story that has been given to them by Jesus. And it's just as profound and just as meaningful as your story with him. Again, remember, um, you know, and, and as I talk about testimony today, I want to emphasize that it's not just a story. That uh, your testimony is a weapon that God has given you to overcome. That's why the title of this message is Overcoming Through the Power of Our Testimony. And so um, I'm going to say a quick prayer before I, uh, before I begin. And, um, and yeah, it's just going to be real quick. Let me say it. Uh, Father, we just love you, God. Father, um, remembering, God, um, that this is all for you, God. This is all for your glory. I thank you for my weakness, God. May your strength be perfected in it, God. Um, Lord, I just remember, Lord, that I'm not here to preach. I'm, I'm here to talk to my friends. I'm here to talk to my brothers and my sisters whom, whom I loved, whom, whom I've had the chance to disciple, and, and they've had to, the chance to disciple me as well. And I just thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for my kingdom family. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So let's get right into it. So number one, first point that I want to get to is this, that your testimony gives you authority. Everybody say authority. Okay, I'll say that again. Your testimony gives you authority. In Revelation 12, 11, it says like this, and they overcame him, talking about the enemy, the adversary, by the blood of the lamb and because of the word, or we could use the word authority, of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when they faced death. I love that. And they did not love their life even when they faced death. Uh, the other day, I, I got an example for this. The other day as we were, um, we had a guest experience leaders meeting. And I remember that John had given each of the leaders a very uh, specific assignment. And this assignment was to write down their testimony and then to get up in front of all of the rest of us and share this testimony out loud. And I remember just looking at the fear uh, in the face of, of some of the leaders and, and some of the, uh, they were like intimidated a little bit. And um, again, there was no authority just yet, but I, I remember looking at them and, and watching them as they would write down their testimony and as they would think about what God had done for them, there was this boldness, this authority that entered them. And whenever I, I saw them get up to share their testimony, it was like they were a different person. 
You know, and, and again, that's because our testimony gives us authority. Remember that when we give our testimony, there's actually something happening in the spiritual reality. Um, the Bible says that um, there is a spiritual battle taking place, a battle in which God has promised us that we will overtake the enemy, like the scripture says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen? Amen. Um, so the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony gives us the authority to overcome, and as scripture says, even in the face of death. How many of y'all want authority like that? To not even be afraid of death. It's available to you in your testimony. Let's get to point number two. Okay, so point number two says this. Your testimony gives you power. I'll repeat that again. Your testimony gives you power. Everybody say power. power. How many of y'all want it today? It's available for you. The Bible says this in uh, Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Again, the gospel, in other words, the testimony of what God has done in our lives is the same power of salvation for those who believe. You know, it brings to remembrance the power God gave us to change to make new, the power to be redeemed. And, uh, you know, I remember when I first came into the knowledge of Christ, I was real shy, uh, really prideful still, didn't really want to share my testimony because I wanted to say all the right things and, and make sure that it sounded good and stuff like that. But I remember that the more that I would humble myself, the more that I would make an effort to share my testimony, regardless of how I felt, the more empowered that I felt the more that I would focus on the fact that he is faithful. And so um, what I wanted to say this morning is if you're lacking power in your life, you have to ask yourself, when is the last time that I've testified to his faithfulness? You have to ask yourself that question. And so if you're lacking power in an area in your life, what I want you to do is Talk about the things that he's already accomplished and think about those things and focus on that. And I guarantee you that that power is going to be available to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's move on to uh, my third point. And uh, this is my favorite one because I get to embarrass my wife with this one. And it says this. Uh, point number three says, your testimony reveals the truth about your past, your present, and your future. Everybody say truth. Your testimony reveals the truth about your past, your present, and your future. Romans 1.18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and unrighteousness of men, now listen to this, this is the part that I really want you to focus on, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God is revealed to those who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And so, the other day, uh, you know, what I wanted to say is that through our testimony, is that instead of 
suppressing the truth, we confess it. And we fight the lies of the enemy and even the lies of our own flesh. And we reveal the truth by confessing who we were in the past, where we are in this present moment. And we confess where God said he would take us to in the future. There's something that's powerful about that. Again, your testimony reveals the truth about your past, your present, and your future. And so, okay, now I get to embarrass my wife. So the other day, uh, we were, me and Marcy, we got into this argument. And um, you're not going to believe this, but I was the one who was right. You know, I'm, she, uh, you know, if she went fishing, she would realize that she has the greatest catch at home. So, anyway. No, I, she was not, she was not the one who was right. You know, we were both wrong. We, we got into, <laughs> we got into this, this argument and it was a legitimate argument. Uh, um, and honestly, it wasn't, it, it started off with simple things, but in the end it, it got real serious. And what happened is that we both came to this realization that we felt like we were at a standstill with the Lord. Um, like we were both reading our Bible. We were both saying the the prayers we were both doing the things and and but together you know the bible says that when when a, a man and a wife are united they become one person and so together i felt like together as one being we were not growing in the lord and so w- this was brought to our attention and the only real the only reason that we realized this is because we began to think about the miracles and the testimony of God in our lives. And as we were thinking about the miracles and what God had done for us in our marriage already, it exposed the truth of where we were in that present moment. And then it allowed us to focus on the future that he had promised us. You know, since we knew the truth and the testimony of what God has brought us out of, we knew that in that moment we were not where we needed to be. And so, again, we could have let that moment define us, but instead what we did is we testified to God's promises for us in the future. And that carried us forward. And so um, the question that I want to ask you is, or the, what, the statement that I want to make to you is that many of us have not wrestled with where we are with Christ right now. And I bet you that it's probably because we're not living in the truth of his testimony. And so many of us, and including myself, you know, have deliberately disregarded this wonderful love story between us and God in our lives. And, um, you know, and I know that because before that argument, that's where I was. I kind of want to give you a biblical example of this. Um, In the story of Moses, you know, when the Israelites were delivered from Egypt, as they were in the wilderness heading to the promised land, they would begin to complain. They would begin to lose faith. They would begin to suppress the truth of God over what he had done for them in Egypt. And what would Moses do? What Moses would do is he would testify. Moses would testify. As they were complaining and doing all that, Moses would 
would begin to testify to God, God's faithfulness and his work, and he would begin to say things like, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Remember, remember the Lord your God who gave you manna, who delivered you, who defeated the Egyptians, who parted the Red Sea, who gave you water in the wilderness. He would testify to the lies with God's truth. And it would tell him everything he needed to know about his past, his present, and his future. Uh, shout out to Victor. As I was telling him about this, he, uh, he told me, see, Armando, you have to choose your perspective. Are you going to live in the enemy's testimony of lies? Or are you going to live in God's testimony of truth? Amen. Amen. So let's get to point number four. Um, and point number four says this, that your testimony gives you wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. I'm going to say that again. Your testimony gives you wisdom. And um, the, the scripture that I wanted to use for this is Psalm 19.7. And it says like this, that the testimony of the Lord is sure or perfect, making wise the simple. Again, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And so um, one way that I... Uh, that I realized that our testimony gives us wisdom is, you know, the Molina, the Russell family, they really went through a, they, uh, a really hard time this year. I, I lost my dad uh, a couple weeks later. Uh, my brother died. Um, a few months after that, my grandparents died. Uh, a few months, uh, maybe a month after that, my little nephew, baby Noah passed away. And, um, in those moments, I, I really couldn't see past the situation. I couldn't see past my emotion. You see, my simple mind could not comprehend how it would work out. But, you know, when I saw all this, God gave me the wisdom through the power of his testimony to see past my emotions. He gave me the wisdom through the power of his testimony to see that everything would be okay. And guess what? Everything is okay. I have peace today. We have joy. As a family, we have joy. We made it. We have been united. And you know what the, what the enemy meant for evil, God used it for good in that situation. And so, yes, let's give the Lord a hand. Brothers and sisters, there will be times, there are times and there will be times when we are faced with difficult situations that will leave us filled with doubt, and that, but rest assured that God will testify to us. He will remind us of how in the past He's come through. And in those moments, we will be filled and we will rely on His wisdom, and our simple minds will know and comprehend that everything will work out despite what the present moment looks like. God is so good. Again, his testimony is the only sure thing that we have. And it will bring wisdom to those who are simple in their minds. So um, I wanted to get to this uh, last point, And um, I'm going to spend uh, quite a bit of time on this one. Uh, uh, and uh, the, the last point says this, that your testimony gives others hope. 
Again, your testimony gives others hope. Everybody say hope. Who needs hope this morning? We all do. We all need hope. And so um, I wanted to share a scripture that kind of goes with, uh, with this point. And this scripture is in 1 John 1, um, verses 1 through 4. And I absolutely, this is one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. It's one of the best, probably one of my favorite scriptures. And it's, to me, it's just so poetic because it's so personal to me. Um, the heart cry of John in this is, is, is one that, that is, is beckoning you. It's calling you to come and fellowship with God. And I'll just read it real quick. Um, and it says like this, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life and the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested unto us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. And so what John is saying, look, I have this hope. And that's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you, so that you could have this hope. You know, what we do when we share our testimony is we bear witness that Jesus is who he says he is. We present to people that same fellowship, the fellowship that is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. You know, and honestly, um, earlier we had a baby dedication a ceremony, and John asked, or Pastor Josh asked the question, um, what do you want your kids to be uh, remembered for? Uh, their success, the money that they had. Um, but the truth is, um, the goal of the lives of our kids and the goal of our lives should always be to testify to who Jesus is. That's the only goal. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing else. There's no ambition greater than that. And so um, the, the story or the example that I'm going to use for this last point uh, which is your to your testimony uh, gives hope to others is I'm going to be sharing with you my own testimony in hopes that um, in in with the intention that it would extend some hope um, to you. Uh, and um, again, um, and the reason why I want to do this is because I want you to experience a deeper relationship with God. I want you to... Um, to have a deeper knowledge of him who created you and who loves you. And um, I want you to encounter him daily, not just on Sunday morning. And um, I just want to tell you that he has a power for you. And this power is, is specifically a power that he wants us to use to live a life that glorifies him. And so, um, so again, our testimony is a weapon. Um, I'm just going to simply talk about what Jesus has done for me in my life, and um, hopefully it'll encourage you to do the same. I always think of um, Peter. There was this instance where, where Jesus approaches Peter, and he's like, look, bro, 
I know what they say about me, but who do you say that I am? And I think that is the cry that um, Christ is, is beckoning us. He's, he's calling us to answer that. Who do you say that I am? And as a matter of fact, he's asking the whole world to answer that question right now. Who do you say that I am? You know, maybe many people say he's a, he's a hoax. Maybe many people say he's not real. Many people say he's just a good teacher. But my answer is the same as Peter's. You are the son of the living God. And so, again, that's what I ask you. That's what, I don't ask you that, but that's what Christ asks you this morning. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer that question for you um, through my testimony. Um, and just really quickly, um, so there's not any ego behind this, so there's not any pride. I just want you to know that this is not a story about me. It's a story about how, um, if anything, it's a story about uh, my brokenness, you know, but really it's just a story about Christ. It's a story of the gospel. You'll see it all through the New Testament. It may not be exactly the same as mine, but it's the same story. Um, but anyway, uh, so where I was before Christ. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, so um, where I was before Christ. So just so you know, I was raised in the church. Um, I have a mom who loves the Lord. She she raised us in the church. She she tried to teach me how to pray. Of course, I was real reluctant to do that. Um, she tried to teach us scriptures and stuff like that. And um, one thing I will say about my childhood, I'm not going to get too into it. Um, if you would like to talk to me on a personal level, I can get a little uh, deeper into it and give you some more context. But there's a lot of forgiveness that I've already uh, that are, has already taken place on my part. So some things I just don't share. Um, especially um, on the altar. But anyway, um, so as a child, I dealt with a lot of abuse and abandonment. And what this led to, ha what, what this uh, caused to happen in my heart is that I traded the truth of God for a lie. Even though I was raised in church and everything, I still traded this truth of God for a lie because um, because of everything that happened to me as a kid, I, I couldn't grasp the truth that God was a good father. And so I have a scripture that kind of, uh, that kind of embodies this reality that I was experiencing before um, I came to Christ. And it says like this, um, we'll go to Romans 1, uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 21. It says like this, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and of crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. They ex now listen to this. This is the part that I really want you to get. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served creature rather than creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So again, what, this, what trading the truth of God for a lie led, led to happen in my life is that it led me into... Um, the bondage of addiction 
Um, I was, for about 12 years, I was uh, very much addicted to opiates and heroin. I was addicted to meth. Um, I was addicted to all sorts of things, some things I won't even mention because there's, uh, you know, kids in here. Um, but, and I also gave in to New Age doctrines, um, Buddhist doctrines, and I was also very uh, nihilistic in my worldview. And just to uh, give you a definition for nihilism, it, it means that I had this, this extreme skepticism about the purpose of my existence. I had an extreme skepticism about religion and even about moral valuables and principles. Um, I thought every value was meaningless. Um, I had a desire for, for disorder, and I rejected every social system, every form of order, I rejected it. And, um, you know, what the New Age and Buddhist doctrines uh, teach you is that the only thing that is, that, that is divine can only be found within, that there is no divinity outside of yourself. It kind of teaches you that if God is real, he's immaterial, so he doesn't matter. And so what my God was, was heroin. And then I fancied myself as my own God. And um, what's crazy is that um, it didn't matter how many times I, uh, I aligned my chakras. It didn't matter how many times I shot up. It didn't matter... Uh, how many times I, 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 I meditated and, and, and emptied uh, my mind of myself. Uh, it didn't matter how many times I almost reached the meditative state of nothingness. It didn't matter. I was still always left empty. You know, the, the heroin, it was a good God, a good little G God for a little bit, but it, it always left me empty. There was still something that had to be filled and then, you know, I kept going into prison. I would get sober. I would feel good. I, I'd get out. A week later, here I am shooting up. And then I'd go back to prison, do good in there, get sober, get out. A week later, I'm shooting up again. No matter what I did, nothing could stop me. Nothing could stop me from doing dope. Nothing could stop me from these new age doctrines that I so... Um, greatly put my faith in. And um, that's what finally led me to realize my need for Christ is this last time I got locked up, I got probably um, some of the worst charges that I've, that I've ever had, um, some drug trafficking charges. And, um, and believe me, I have a lot of charges. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But these last ones were, were the worst, and I, and I felt like there was really no hope. And it was in that moment of desperation that, that I finally prayed. And I, and I remember praying, and, and I know that, you know, the, facing the time, that was part of it, but that was not really it. Um, what was really happening is that within myself, I had to cry out for more than my personal knowledge of the New Age and the Buddhism could appease my soul. I had to cry out for more than my personal so-called wisdom could, could comfort me. And I had to cry out for more than what my mind could offer to calm me. 
And, and I don't know why, but, but, you know, I would see people praying in, in the jail cell and stuff like that. Um, and I remember um, I just cried out to God. And I remember uh, my prayer was, was a humble one, and, and I was still, you know, into the Buddhist stuff and into the New Ageism and stuff like that. But I remember telling Jesus, look, I don't really believe that you're divine. But if you are, could you show me? It was a prayer like that, not verbatim, but I, I remember... And, and, uh, and I would say, look, if you are real, reveal yourself to me. And I would say things like, you know, people say that if I love you, everything will be good. Show me how to love you. And, and slowly um, but surely, you know, God began to reveal himself. You know, I, I said a prayer and, um, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't just a foxhole prayer. With, with the prayer, I offered him a sacrifice. I told him, look, if you help me in this situation, I'll do um, what you ask me to do. And what at that moment, even though I didn't fully believe in Jesus, uh, I believed in him, but not quite the way I believe in him today. Um, I remember in that moment, he put Teen Challenge in, on my heart. And, um, you know, through the advice of other people, um, that's where I went. That's the sacrifice that I offered him. And and I remember being at Teen Challenge, he would begin to speak to my spirit. And it wasn't like, it wasn't nothing like Armando, you know, thus saith the Lord, you know what I mean? It was, it was the small moments of conviction where I, was, where I was faced with my own depravity and where I saw that the only solution was him. It wasn't nothing extravagant. It was... Just small moments like that, that that really changed my perspective. And I remember reading the scriptures. And I remember when when I read uh, John chapter 6. And I honestly, God forgive me, but I thought about like the zombie apocalypse, you know, where he's saying, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And uh, and as I was reading that, I remember, uh, I, remember uh, I had this great revelation that that the thing that my soul hungered for the most, it finally got. I didn't feel hungry in my spirit no more. I finally felt satisfied, like the angst of my existence had been satiated. And um, I really got to experience Jesus as the bread of my life. The thing which finally satisfied me. And um, he's just, you know, he's so good. That thing that cried out for more within me finally got the more that it was searching for. And so um, I just want to kind of talk about where I am now and and then I'll um, get ready to close it up. But where I am now is, um, you know, me and my daughter, uh, we had a, a relationship that was not good. Of course, she had every right to be angry with me. I, I chose, I loved drugs more than I loved my own family. You know, at the at the drop of a hat, I would have chosen heroin over them easily in those days. Um, but now me and her, we're good. She serves in youth. She's a mighty leader. Stand up, baby. So we've been we've been reconciled and 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 even in my marriage, you know, me and Marcy, we uh there was, it, was, it was just so far gone. She was always my best friend, but it was so far gone that we thought that nothing could ever fix this. We were just getting ready to pay the fee um, once she got the money because I was broke. But, uh, 
but once she got, when, when we were getting ready to, to pay for a divorce. And, um, but God restored that. Stand up, babe, so everybody can see you. She always prayed for me. She always prayed for me, and she never gave up. She always told me, you know, you, know, you need Jesus. And, um, and also, I have a two-year-old son who, who prays for me. You know what I mean? And so it's so good. Uh, 